Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us. Moneygram, what up? Hey, we back again. We back again. Episode six. Six. Talking about the same thing we talked about a little bit in yes. episode five with some more yes. practicality, not to give any spoilers away. Which is interesting though, because six, you know, is like incomplete. Yes. And so we're ha- we're having to like go to it again because it's like in that didn't really uh, they, work. Yeah, I don't think they were going to catch okay, that, but that's well. okay. You tried. <laughs> I tried to be smooth. Hopefully, uh, it will get better as this conversation goes on. Let so me before have a we do the icebreaker, uh, if you missed episode five, this is a continuation from that a little bit where we talked about spiritual warfare in the midst of that. We're still talking about that in this episode, but we're going to get a lot more practical now and go into some of our own stories mm-hmm. of how we've encountered that. And also, like, what do you do? How, how do you defeat darkness? How do you literally push back darkness? And so if you didn't listen to episode five, it could probably be really helpful because there was a lot of biblical foundation right. in the midst Some of that episode. if you will. A lot of fundamentals in that. Um, and then also Mary talked about at the end of the last episode that we're going to do a Q&A as well. So this is episode six. In episode nine, we're going to do a Q&A. And so um, if you didn't get to submit questions last uh, two weeks ago when the episode aired, Please do them this week, and that way we can have time to see those questions and be able to try to answer and respond to those. And so there's a link in the show notes so that you can go there. I want to say that from the top, and that way you can get questions rolling as you're listening to the episode today. Great. Perfect. All right. All right. Last time you were rebuked for how much you didn't like icebreakers, but actually you wanted to do a whole podcast on a question. On on one icebreaker. Let's see if this one lives up to the hype of last week. This week, our icebreaker comes from Becca from East MLK. Becca. Becca, We just hired that girl. Come on. Yeah, we did. Her icebreaker is, what would be the theme song if your life was a TV show? Oh. Do you have one? I, because I knew the question, I had to think of one. This okay, is a you go really first. difficult, but really, I feel like wonderful question. Uh-huh, okay. So, I'm trying to think oh, of it. Shoot. Like, what what would be happening in my TV show? What would be whatever? Obviously, music plays a huge role. So, actually, the song that I would choose to introduce my theme song of my TV show is Don't Rain on My Parade by Barbara Streisand from the musical Funny Girl. I have no idea what that is. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and potter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Austin knows what it is. I have no idea what that is. It's a great song. It's like happy and peppy and overcoming and I'm gonna, yeah, it's great. Okay, wait. So, because the spirit within me is greater than the human in the world, you know. Oh so, wow! Look at that. Don't rain on my parade. Ooh. I don't even know. I'm, not, I'm like, I gotta come with something spiritual in my. <laughs> um, my show would be like uh, Fresh Prince. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe like something along those realms. Uh-huh. To be very honest, the song that I thought of has nothing to do with my life and it's not good at all, but I just like the sound of it. Okay. okay. And I was listening to it in my car this morning. It revolutionized hip hop because it brought in so a bunch of samples. you're saying you're revolutionary? Look at that. I wasn't even saying that. <laughs> but I like that. Uh, Lucini, This Is It by Camp Lowe. Uh, just the instrumentals and all of the, no, but the I, actual yeah. words do not. Okay. Don't go listen to it so you because you're do gonna it, rebuke do it without me. The words. It's there we just go. The mel- it's the instrumental there version, we go. which actually I kind of like because like you being like a minority church planner mm. wanting to raise up is mm. not revolutionary, but it is mm. a little bit revolutionary. I think that works nice. You 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 gave me my spiritual side of you. mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is great. Um, okay, so. We're getting practical today. We are. Um, and talking about, what, like I said at the start, kind of the spiritual warfare mm-hmm. realm. Uh, I want to read uh, an excerpt before we dive into the Great. stories from a book that Mary mentioned last time called The Unseen Realm. And we both use this as some good foundational base mm-hmm. work for the theology yes. of the unseen realm. 
And it was really helpful. It's really deep, honestly. And he has a lot of works. And I think that in the show notes, we're referencing mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. couple of other books as well. But he says this, which I want us to then tee up our stories. He says, many Christians claim to believe in the supernatural, but think and live like skeptics. Mm-hmm. We find talk of the supernatural world uncomfortable. This is typical of denominations and evangelical congregations at large. There are two basic reasons why we tend to close the door on the supernatural world. One is there is suspicion that those who talk about this are detached from sound exegesis of Scripture. Mm, mm. The other reason is the believing church is bending under the weight of its own rationalism, Hmm. a modern worldview that would be foreign to the biblical writers. He goes on to the next page and he says um, that if somebody were telling a story Mm -hmm. about the supernatural things they would experience, we would nod our head and listen politely to our friend's fervent story. But the whole time we'd be seeking other possible explanations. Mm. That's because our modern inclination is to insist on evidence. Our modern evangelical subculture has trained us to think that our theology precludes any experience of the unseen world. Ooh, gosh, I loved this book. We just don't (laughs) like to talk about this because you can't touch it. It's unseen. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have evidence towards it. And so we say we believe in it, but then we live our lives as if this just isn't true at all. And so I wanted to use that to tee up our convo today. That's so good because we use those like blurry lines that we see as justification for or— internalize that as like a lack of evidence, it sounds like he's saying. Uh And that's just not, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we spent last time really diving into scripture and going through Genesis, Revelation, where we see spiritual warfare going on. We have a theology for it. It is in the Bible. And so today, as we're moving into this more practical piece, we wanted to share some actual personal spiritual warfare stories yeah, to totally. start us off. Yeah. Give us some context. Yeah. So I love that you shared that. Yeah. Can, Let's not be skeptics. Can you share a story first maybe? Can you kick us sure. off on that? Yeah. I think, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we should very easily be able to come up with some thoughts about that, mm. right? We talked about last time of even these just thoughts in our head. So like even last episode, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about parenting and this lie and the shame of mm. like my body not being the same anymore and, the, and needing to apply the gospel. Like, did that belief come out of nowhere? It's the influence, like the lies we believe is such an easy one, but to kind of start pushing our worldview out a little bit, I think that they're, um, let me see, how can I say this? I want to be very respectful. Um I think there are often times, and I hope that people can kind of relate to this, but when you are around a person who likely does not know the Lord, maybe they think that they do, maybe they don't, we're not sure, um, but there's something that's off. Mm. There's like a darkness that cannot be explained or expressed. And um, there was someone that I know and still know that I chat with and meet with that just being in their presence feels off. Mm. Like there's there's a wrong, like as they are engaging and trying to interact and like spiritual conversations, there's just, it just bubbles out as lies and like deceptions and misconceptions. And no matter how often you speak the truth, like it can't be grasped. Like mm. the way that they hear it is like, automatically a lie or like just a hair off that it's like, yes, but like, and you're like trying to, and I remember I used to meet with that person at a coffee shop. And one time we couldn't make it work. Becca had been born. And so like I invited her to my home and was by myself Hmm. and the amount of darkness and being alone with this person in my house was somewhat overwhelming. Like we went on a walk and like just, I was overwhelmed. Mm. And um, there's another girl that now we have partnered up. Like, I don't think the Bible is uh, worthless to us. It describes Jesus sending people out two by two. Mm, mm. Another girl that I know has been speaking with her as well. And so we committed to never engaging or interacting or spending time with person without being together. And since then, having conversations with this person has been much better. We felt less overwhelmed, overcome, Hmm. but there's a presence and a wrongness that this person is very much influenced, overwhelmed and oppressed Mm. by demons. Wow. 
it's fighting for this girl's soul. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, because obviously I have a ton of stories. Mm-hmm. Being a pastor, yeah. I see oh, yeah. this a lot. Probably more than most people just being in a spiritual realm and talking to people who are experiencing spiritual things, mm-hmm. uh, giving spiritual truth myself and therefore feeling some of the the aggressions, if you will, of the enemy. I see all the time in marriages mm-hmm. um, where it's like there is just this random conflict that seems so small and it is so small. And it's like they know that it's small, but they can't yet, they can't overcome this. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're captivated by yeah. it. Like I've seen it on like mission trips that I've been on. It's particularly evident in countries that are more open to mm-hmm. spiritual things. Mm-hmm. You feel the presence of darkness way more clearly. Uh, seen it a lot in counseling sessions where it's like at kind of what you just described. It's like as you're talking, you get this sense of like there's something else something in the room. Wrong. The spirit that is within you alerts you to the unseen that's going on. A hundred percent. Yeah. I've felt it in mosques where like I'll walk into an area mm. and just start weeping. Mm. I've felt it in cities. This is mm. really random, but in the city that I grew up in, um, very few people made it out of that city. And every single time I went back to the city, I felt wildly lazy. Just mm. felt really lazy. Mm. You know me. That's the opposite of my personality. I was about to say, that is not a word I would ever use to describe you. I would drive into the city and feel lazy. And I didn't think much of it until like six other people use the same word. Like every time I come home from college, like I just feel so lazy. Now, I think a lot of college students, they go home, they don't want to do nothing. But it wasn't that. It was like— It's different. Okay, is there like a spiritual thing happening in this city? Mm. Like that they're not able to cultivate the earth and multiply the goodness of God and— and there's a temptation towards a certain type of sin that would prevent mm-hmm. the flourishing of human life. Like, like, are we sure that that's not spiritual? Yeah. Maybe it's just the world. Maybe it's a product of our culture. Maybe, or maybe it's something else. So I feel like there's like a ton of stories in the midst of so this. One that hits particularly is that there was a brother who uh, was addicted to pornography and uh, just saw it as an only physical, natural thing. Mm-hmm. And listen, it is. Like, we do Freedom Fight and Purity Groups and all of these different mm-hmm. seven pillars. Unravel, yeah. trying to help people overcome this from a psychological, physical level, mm-hmm. from an emotional level, because it is that. But there are also spiritual things that happen Absolutely. in the midst of this as well. And this particular brother, I won't share too many details in case uh, the story kind of triggers who this is, but— um, had this situation where, like, it was clearly spiritual because almost every single night something was happening to him mm. that wasn't just like an urge of the flesh. That wasn't just like, oh, there's this addiction, there's this. Mm-hmm. And I just saw it as spiritual. I'm like, I I don't think that this is just physical. Mm-hmm. He's gone through all the seven pillar stuff. He's gone through all of the freedom fight stuff. He's gone through all of the. He's has passwords all over his phone. He's he has dealt all with of the this. Flesh. He has tried really hard to overcome the flesh. Yeah, I prayed for him. Nothing special. Not because I'm a pastor. Not three minute prayer. Just laid hands on him, and he never dealt with it again. Mm. And it's like, okay, what if things are more spiritual than yeah. we give them credit for? Yeah. So I think really practically, really like a, on a, almost a really small level, I've seen it all over the place. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's like the small and the large and these little things that all just speak of it. You know, I think of oftentimes like in the Spiritual Warfare podcast that you talked about, you talked about how like that whole piece of last year, like were all of those things just circumstance? Were they all— Oh, the sermon, the Spiritual Warfare sermon. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that mm-hmm. they were all, you know, those types of things. And I think that even happens on a small— like, I don't know if this happens to you when you're leading, but usually when I lead worship, like, I don't sleep. Mm. My sleep is attacked, mm-hmm. is robbed for me. Now, mm-hmm. is that because I'm busy or there's more going on in my mind? Or nervous. Maybe. Or totally. Maybe, but there, there's something about sleep that tends to be a trigger mm. for me mm. in terms of interacting or being overwhelmed or oppressed or those things. And I actually had several months ago that happen, something with that when I was actually putting Becca to sleep Hmm. in her room. Now, I think, you know, we often hear a lot of stories about feeling a presence in the room and we try to like, oh, that was just because I watched this like TV show and I had this creepy thing on my mind and like, 
okay, yeah, that's Maybe. true. But also mm-hmm. because you watched that, did you open a door like we talked about last week where mm. there's a foothold for something to entice you mm. or to overwhelm you or to try to, you to attack fear? you? Mm. Potentially. So we got to deal with it. So mm-hmm. what, I was in Becca's room and every night before we go to bed, we we read a story, we read a Bible story, we pray, we go to sleep. And then we turn the lights off. This, now this machine is on. And of course I sing. So I sing a worship song to her every night. And it was like every other night, it was fine. She's like laying in my chest. Every night we pray for her salvation. And I'm singing What a Beautiful Name. And I just get this like overwhelming, we talked about a spirit of fear last time, this like fear hmm. within me. Like I felt like there was something in the corner, mm. like an area of her room that I like, I didn't want to walk to because I was like, that, like that, something is not right mm. in this room. As I'm singing the song, I notice myself getting quieter. I'm like, what? is going on. So I immediately skip verse two and I go to verse three, which is like talking about the power Mm. and like overcoming the grave and like, you know, started praying and things like that. And just like this like feeling of presence of darkness that I, I, that wouldn't leave. And so continued singing, continued praying. And like, eventually I felt that leave. Now, whether or not that was because I wasn't afraid anymore, or I like put the thoughts out that were, cause I watched something or whatever. There was something going on that needed to be dealt with Mm. in my own home that was in my daughter's room, Mm. you know? And so we just so often think like, that's not a big deal. Like I would argue that it is. Like my child is my calling. That is one of the ways that God has asked me to disciple for her to know the Lord. Why would not this sweet untouched soul desire to be taken. Like yeah. we talked about in the parenting, we're supposed to shoot them out like arrows into the darkness. That's mm. my arrow. Mm. That's my weapon wow. that needs to be protected. So we often don't think about even those situations as an opportunity, a foothold. It's not always that we're participating in idolatry or we're even choosing sin. Mm. That's not always the times that these things come at us, mm-hmm. but often it's what can be offered back to the Lord that Satan tries to take. So That's so good, Joe, yeah. because I think about like, Uh, And maybe I'll actually share a story that not to freak anybody out, but that's way more maybe what we tend to think of when we think about Mm -hmm. like spiritual warfare, like demon possession, Mm -hmm. things like that, Mm -hmm. because that stuff does exist. Like what you're saying, it's like, no, there probably was a presence in your room. And I think because like in this quote in the book we just read, it's like, we're so Western that we're afraid to even talk about our experiences. Mm, I got attacked all the time as a kid. And when I start sharing Mm. with other people the ways that I got attacked, the amount of people that had also experienced something like like similar to me was overwhelming. But they never talked about it because they sound psycho when they talk about it. They sound like you're crazy or you're seeing things or you try to explain it away like he just said Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. versus going, no, what if there was something dark that was trying to consume, that was trying to begin to lay a foothold, an oppression over Becca's soul to give her dreams that she can't even communicate to you yet because she can't communicate yet. Like, like what if like, and so um, the story's a little bit weird because it involved an old girlfriend who is not my wife now. So, <laughs> so Good thing you said old off. girlfriend. Yes, yes old yes, baby it's keyword very there. Old, yes, this is high school <laughs> uh, or college, early college. But Were you saved at the time um, yet? I did. Yes, I was okay. saved. And in irony, I actually uh, had just proclaimed not that long ago mm. that I knew that spiritual warfare existed, but I didn't think it existed the way it existed in the mm. Bible. I had a conversation with that. a friend like that. Ooh. I think the Lord had already knew my plan. He already knew the route he had for me. He already knew I'd yeah. be a pastor. So it was like he allowed me to experience some of the deepest parts of it mm. so that I could understand that statement is false. It exists just like it exists in the right. scriptures. Um, and like we talked about last episode, usually that means lying, idolatry, shame, fear, shame, fear. right? Like anything that's not of the Lord. These voices in yes. your head that are speaking that you think is your own conscience. That's really the attack of the enemy. Like that's usually how it exists yeah. in scripture. But there are literal possessions and people that are influenced by like the demoniac, like mm-hmm. you talked about in the mm-hmm. FAP. It's like, no, that exists too. And so yeah. um, I am actually reading the Bible and praying with um, this old girlfriend. And um, all of a sudden, I started hearing all of this sound. And she was hearing all this sound as well, like on her side of the phone. And... Um, she said there was nobody in her house. Like she was at home alone, 
So she was afraid. So I was about to hang up and call the police because I'm like, yo, somebody's breaking into her house. Wow. And as that happened, like I went into this room and I started hearing the sound on the phone that honestly was really hard to explain. It's hard to even describe. Um, It sounded like the tearing of metal like ripping apart metal. Like sheet metal almost? Uh, almost like heavy metal. Yeah, sheet metal, I guess. But like words. Like like I can discern that there were words that were... So it was this weird combination that's honestly hard to explain. Start hearing this. And I just started praying. And I started praying. I started weeping while I was mm. praying. But like my conscious mind was still hearing all this sound from her end. But I was praying and it was like I was living almost in two different worlds. It was almost as if my spirit was praying, Mm. but like my physical mind was like almost detached from that because I was thinking, what is happening? Mm. And I'm weeping and I'm crying and I'm praying in a language I don't understand. Wow. Which I've never spoken in tongues at that point, but I'm like, I wonder if that's what was happening there. Hmm. Some angelic language maybe or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, And this voice thing kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. And I started praying at such a rate to where in my head, I started trying to tell myself, hey, you need to take a breath or like your lungs are going to explode. Oh like, my gosh. And so I'm trying to calm myself down. Like, hey, stop, like stop. But it's like my, my like it's, it was such a weird spiritual experience. I'm still weeping this whole time. This dragon-like metal-like noise was getting louder and louder. Um, and finally, the only thing I remember saying is, um, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. And then I heard this like scream sort of thing. And then all of a sudden I stopped praying. All of a sudden I'm back in my my room. I'm like normal mm-hmm. as all get out, mm-hmm. sweating. I'm not crying anymore though. I hear this huge sigh of relief from her end. This darkness had come into her room and like she said, had shut her mouth to where she was unable wow. to proclaim the name of Jesus. And as I was praying, she said she felt this thing like trying to suffocate her is what she felt like Mm. in the physical. And after praying in Jesus' name, like rebuking it, um, it had taken her door, and I heard this, taken her door Mm -hmm. and slammed it through the like— The hinges? Not through the hinges, like, like almost pulled through the other side of the wall— and like as it was leaving, like ripped her door off essentially, like on the opposite side. Wow. So not like through her wall on the front side, like like impossible is what yes, I'm saying there, yes. right? Not the way that it opens. Right, exactly. The yes, opposite exactly, way. exactly. I got it, yeah. And ripped it off. There's nobody in her house. She goes around, she checks her house. There's nobody there. It's not like she was mistaken or high or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, um, and she had just had this crazy encounter with the Lord about how God was calling her into different things. Mm. And so kind of Jesus is You're on the testing in the wilderness, right? Yeah. Like all of this. And so that's one of, I mean, I can share stories of like seeing people climb on walls in ways that are unnatural to the right. human realm um, in India and just different like, it's like, no, like, so even the, the darkest part. So maybe even to say like, hey, yes, some of it, is just, if you will, in quotations, just lies. Mm-hmm. Just Some of it is like, no, like real oppression yes. or even possession yes. exists in the scriptures that we would be right to kind of be aware of mm-hmm. to go, man, you're not crazy if something like that has happened to you. Yes. And in some ways, it may be the enemy trying to scare you or stop you from doing a work of the mm-hmm. Lord. Like these things exist. And so— We've both experienced them in different ways. We could probably share 50 oh, yeah. stories about yeah. that. Like one story I'll share just real quick is uh, there was a guy who told me about this uh, exorcism that had happened that essentially was somebody climbing on walls and all this prayer. I mean, it's a fanciful kind of a movie like what mm-hmm. you would tend to think of in that realm. And as he was telling the story, we were all fascinated by it, like captivated, asking all mm-hmm. these questions And I saw on this brother's face, he was a pastor from India. It got really, really sad. And I I could discern that he was Mm. getting sad, but I couldn't tell why. And so we were asking all these questions. Then we were talking about it afterwards, like crazy. They were walking on the ceiling was a part of his story. Mm -hmm. And 
like all this crazy stuff. And I later went and asked him like, hey, like I could tell that you were really sad. Like what was, what was wrong? And he said, you know, I'm telling you all this story that you weren't there for. And you're like fascinated by it. You're almost like worshiping at it. Mm. But when you read that Jesus walks on water. Mm. Ooh, ooh, speak about I, it. I was so convicted, yo. Ooh. Like you don't have any response. Mm. And he said, don't you think that that's spiritual as well? Whose wonders are we man. in awe Oh of? man, I immediately thought, oh yeah, that that is just as fascinating. It's just as improbable. It's just as, but I just read it. Okay, so is even that a part of spiritual warfare that my heart doesn't want to be attuned to spiritual truth? Yeah. To the, to the power so of God. To the, yeah. I'm more fascinated with evil than I am with light and life. Like, okay. And so mm-hmm. I, I think in the mm-hmm. midst of that, like recognizing that spiritual warfare is real, that what you experienced mm-hmm. with Becca is was probably darkness. It wasn't just something that the feeling of the girl is like, no, like there's something in her probably. Yes. That the lies that we heard, we talked about last time, or the spirit of fear, or even the fanciful story that like all of these things are real, they exist. And so it's almost like, okay, now what do you do? Right. And we gave some practical in the last one, Mm -hmm. but I almost want to get like overly practical in this one to go like, how do you defeat darkness? How do you push back darkness in the world around us? I think there's one important thing to remember when we're talking about this. And that is the idea of neutrality. Mm. I think oftentimes we think that, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode of like, we can sit in this in-between of like, well, Jesus has already won the victory. And so like, we didn't, it's fine. He'll take care of it. We don't need to worry about it. That's true. But in Unseen Realm, one of the quotes that is, was so powerful and convicting, he says, when an enemy wants nothing but your defeat and annihilation, neutrality means choosing death. Mm. Wow. So we don't get—neutrality is not an option. Yeah. We have been deceived to think that we can sit on the sidelines of a war. Wow. We're not sitting on the sidelines. And it's interesting because I think, especially here in the States, like— we don't have a very good context for the supernatural, mm-hmm. right? Our, mm-hmm. our society doesn't really have that thread in its culture. We also, being Americans, don't really have an understanding of what war is like on our own soil. Hmm. That unless we have been, unless we're part of the army, we've been over like a part of the military, been overseas, dealt with, we don't understand what enemy lines are. Wow. When you're behind enemy lines, you you can't be neutral. You hmm. can't stop with your guard. Like people take turns sleeping. You know what I mean? Like there's not this ability to be neutral. That's really good. So we have to confront that idea within ourselves that like we're not sitting on the sidelines watching this stuff happen. Mm. We we are either, and we talked about this last time, we're loyal to one or to the other. There's no in-between. We cannot sit on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk about pushing back darkness, we're either giving it ground or we're pushing it back. So we have to understand that in such a huge way. And so I think that, you know, when we're talking about being on the sidelines, um, we're not ill-equipped for that. Yes. And so I want to bring up Ephesians... Six, where we talk about the armor of God. Does that sound good? You're looking over yeah. there. Is there something you want to no, add? No, no, no. Keep going. Keep cool. going. Um, this is one I think that we talk about a lot, but I want to kind of tease apart what it means because um, obviously when we go to war and we go to battle, anybody who goes is equipped, right? They take things. We don't just show up empty-handed. God's never done that for us. He doesn't mm. do that in this same situation. We talked about last week, the most important thing that we have is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the armor of God passage, it's Ephesians 6. It's 10 through 20, I would say. And um, let's just tease that apart a little bit, talk about the truth of that. So one of the first things it says to put on the whole armor um, of God that you would be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Scheme. Mm Mm-hmm. For we, what? Scheme. It says schemes, plural. Uh, Yeah, but I'm just saying, I think that that's an interesting... Once again, it's not possession. Mm, I see. Not, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, you like, pause there. Let's explain that. Because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure what you're trying to point It's like, out. it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. It's deceptive. It's Cain mm-hmm. feeling like mm-hmm. there's not enough for me. God hasn't chosen me. And God's like, won't I give you right. good as well? And the enemy's like, I don't know. And it's a scheme. Yeah. It's tricky. 
Shouldn't we be encouraged, though, that that's really all that he has? Is schemes. Is schemes. Yeah, yes. Is tricks. That's so good, Mary. Is plays. Yeah. Is lies. That's so good. That should, I think, be encouraging to us as we're talking about having to be in this war. Yeah. It's a trick. Yeah. It's a game. It's not this fanciful, well-organized army assault. Mm-hmm. It's a scheme. Mm-hmm. He has to play mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. and trick us. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Which is why one of the first armors that we put on, go ahead, keep mm-hmm, going, mm-hmm. because it's a scheme. Yes. Is. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Again, another indication as we're reading scripture, don't gloss over that. Yeah. We're not talking just flesh here and blood, but against the rulers, powers, authorities, cosmic spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. Mm-hmm. So we need to take up the whole armor to a stand and stand firm. I think it's interesting too that the command here is to withstand mm-hmm. in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Mm-hmm. Why stand firm? Mm. He's not why. asking us <laughs> to go and to launch this onslaught, mm, right. but this standing firm. So what does that mean for the Christian? Yeah. What is the call to stand firm? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> for real? Because that's a good, because you're, you're, not, you're not assaulting. Yeah. It's not saying, hey, go take. It's saying, hey, stand yeah. your ground. I think it, it harkens back to like the original sin in some ways of like us wanting to be God, doing mm. our own things, enacting in our own ways, wanting to take and decide. Hmm. Whereas standing firm is resting in the Lord. That's good. Being spirit-led, mm. right? When we talk about um, the Great Commission, we read that and it's like, go make disciples of all nations. But then in Acts, we see, but wait on the Spirit. Mm. Tells us to wait till the Holy Spirit comes. We need to be led by the Lord, not mm. what we think is the plan yeah. for any of this. We need to be Spirit-led. We need to be empowered by the most powerful thing we have, which is what raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. that will raise us, to, that has risen us to life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Again, another like encouragement as we are now talking in the backdrop of these stories and engaging with those things. It's like, God's not asking us to like chop the head of the serpent off. Right. That's his job. Right. We are to hold ground Mm -hmm. that he has asked us Mm -hmm. to in some way. So I don't know. That's always just stood out to me. That's good. All right. Back to to the armor. What are we wearing today? What are we wearing today? Uh, Fastened the belt of truth. Which I think is really important because if these things are schemes, Mm -hmm. if they're tricks— then one of the things that you put on first is truth. Mm-hmm. That's how you overcome the trick, the deception, the lie, the, hey, did God really say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Eve would have held on to truth, she would have been like, yeah. Like, yes, he did say that. And he's never proven wrong. Yes. He's never proven bad. Yes. He's never proven ill. He's never withheld mm-hmm. from me. So this one withholding must be for my good. Yeah. But she didn't put on truth there. Adam didn't put on truth. He didn't come back and speak truth and go, you know, he's just standing there watching. And so this trick began to confuse mm-hmm. because there was a lack of truth. Mm-hmm. And so if we recognize that the main way that you are under spiritual warfare, that darkness tries to push into your life is yeah. through the tricks, the schemes, the devices, the, the plans of the enemy to try mm-hmm. to maneuver his way like a snake into your life— if we are equipped with truth, it's a lot easier to see those schemes. So it goes back to what you talked about last week in uh, Ephesians, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For we know, like we know yeah. that we're not ignorant of the devil's designs. Yeah. Like Paul knew because he knew truth. Right. So he was like, oh, that's Satan. Oh, that's the work of the enemy. Hey, that's the work of... And he knew how to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that, I don't think that truth is put first on accident. Yeah. And I think it's kind of this also sexy idea of like, oh, truth, like, ooh, you know, but like, how do we discern truth when we're hearing the lies of all of these things? And like, I think that's sometimes where we even feel the fall of like, how come Eve couldn't see the truth? And like, obviously there is deception there. There are schemes, but it's like, Jesus straight up tells us he is the way, the truth, Mm -hmm. and the life. He is the word of God. We Mm -hmm. read last week in the 1 Corinthians 10 passage that this is given for our instruction so that we would be prepared. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're not sure what truth is, 
find Jesus, mm-hmm. apply the gospel, mm-hmm. read your Bible. It's mm-hmm. the same story. Learn and see that even if God isn't true in your own life, mm-hmm. if you have not seen truth or you're confusing or you feel like he's let you down, scripture would tell you otherwise mm-hmm. and believe that what is in here is true if you can't see it for yourself. It's interesting. I don't obviously have the Greek Bible in front of me, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that word truth there is the Greek word uh, logos or lagos, mm. which is... Uh, in the beginning was the word, Lagos, the word was with God, the word was God, that word word and truth is the same word. And so Jesus is the Logos or the Lagos, the the wisdom of God, the Mm -hmm. truth of God. He's the way, the truth and the life. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Truth is found in scripture, but not because of the words necessarily themselves, but mm-hmm. who the words are pointing us towards. Yes. Goes back to the FAP episode of like, hey, as you see Jesus, you remember he's never let you down. Right. Uh, like he died so that you could, even in this idea of spiritual warfare, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, listen, Jesus was literally put into the realm of darkness for us. He descended into hell, we say in the Apostles' Creed. Mm -hmm. He, the spiritual one, became oppressed by the evil one so that we who face oppression might now live in freedom. Mm -hmm. And we see when we see that truth, looking at the word of God, Christ himself, then we realize, oh, yo, like, like, no, we can overcome this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so good. All right, so we've got truth, I think that's just one of the most important things. I really do. Um, You're right. There's a reason that it's first. Next, we have the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. Uh, Thinking about, hey, you're the righteousness of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like you are made right now because of Jesus, meaning you are no longer in the kingdom of darkness, meaning you do not have to submit to these earthly powers and these rules if you are a believer Mm -hmm. in Jesus righteousness now covers you and protects your heart, right? Mm -hmm. That's where breastplates are. So when the sword comes to try to pierce your heart, when the fiery darts of Satan, which he talks about later, it's like, no, the righteousness of Christ is what is covering you as you learn to wear that. And to go, no, I am a blood-bought daughter of the King of Kings. I no longer submit to the rulers of this world. Mm -hmm. There's power that exists inside of you and within you because of the righteousness of Christ. Yeah, which I think is so good because not only does it cover your heart, but it protects your lungs Mm -hmm. that you use to speak and to proclaim. And so like, breath in your lungs, the life that Christ, God has given us is a part of us fighting the things that we say, the breath that we breathe, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Love verse 15, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. I love that part of standing firm is about having peace. Like, I think it's that same idea of affirming the resting. I think also, interestingly enough, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about as one of the schemes of the enemy is Satan's overwhelming work in trying to cause disunity. Yeah, yo. In trying to, even within the ranks of like, Lies. So we talked about the difficulty in forgiving one another mm. as an example last week. Are you going because you're like fear is all of that? Like that is such a scheme of the enemy that when we put on shoes for peace with one another, I feel like to me that speaks, it just makes me think of that direct assault on that idea of the scheme literally of being in disunity mm. with, with God's own people. I yeah. Know, what do you think? I mean, Paul would say to that disunity piece mm-hmm. often in almost every letter in the New Testament, mm. that, that is the biggest work of Satan is to try to disunify. That's what he did in the garden. He disunified Adam and Eve from each other, from God and from creation. Yes. And that's what he's doing in the church. That's what he's doing in a marriage. That's Mm -hmm. what he's doing. And he's trying to disunify. And so I I fully agree with that. And and even thinking about kind of the rest of this armor, because we could, we can exegete each of these kind of armors. It's like, no, like, like all of these things have been given Mm -hmm. to you by the blood of Jesus himself he is our peace mm-hmm. because he faced the chaos of the the disharmony of sin was put upon him that we might not have the shalom of God mm-hmm. put upon us, right? Or we now have faith yes. because of Jesus. Like, like we are now able to put on the helmet of salvation, to strap on the sword of the Spirit, 
we're not just defensive in this. We're offensive in mm-hmm. this as well. Mm-hmm. So while, yes, we stand, we also can't push back darkness. Yes. The, the gates of hell cannot, right, mm-hmm. prevail mm-hmm. against the kingdom of God advancing. Like, like mm-hmm. there is a war that's happening, and, and we are equipped by God, yes. is what this passage is saying, to overcome this. Prayer is a yes. piece of this. Like, like we, we have the ability to actually overcome. And I think that oftentimes we almost want— because it's so complex in our mind, mm-hmm. the spiritual realm and spiritual darkness, and it's almost like we want like like an answer that's really mystical mm-hmm. or that's really like complicated. Yeah, like we want like a calculus problem because we feel like this is calculus a, to yeah, us. That's so. Good. It's like no, this is addition. One plus one equals two. Satan is here. The world is here. Your flesh is here. Equals three. <laughs> right? Like, yes. One, like plus that, one plus one. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. It's really simple. So once yeah. you learn really simple math, like. Your response is also really simple. Mm-hmm. Like believe in the word of God. Yes. Wash yourself with the gospel. Practice the things of Jesus and you will begin to overcome mm-hmm. this spiritual darkness. It's mm-hmm. actually not that complex. And I think that we can almost maybe because we desire to create such awe and mystery. Mm-hmm. Almost like what I talked about with the Indian pastor friend of mine. Where yeah. We're like, oh, all of this. Whoa. Gosh, oh my gosh. And then I and then yeah. I did this and I, I said this thing and these demons flew out of this person. It's yeah. almost like we want to watch a movie mm. versus being like, hey, your brother or sister right now is walking around believing lies. And what you do to overcome mm. darkness is you preach truth to them. That's right. You say, hey, you're not believing in the truth. I love you. Like I want you to. You're walking in disunity mm-hmm. with your spouse. And what you need to do is repent. Repent, yes. because that is what will bring gospel unity. Walk, bring You're peace. walking in fear. Yes. You're walking in, like this is really simple at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And while the fanciful stories were like, we need the power of God. We need to cast out demons. They exist. That's not the norm. Mm-hmm. The norm is these sorts of things. And so I think we can almost get yeah. so wrapped up in the in the spiritual nature, in the yeah. almost mystical nature of all of this, that we want a calculus answer yeah. when it's like, hey, Hey, just like be- believe in truth. Like it's actually really easy. God's not trying to trick you mm-hmm. to be overcome by the enemy. He wants you to be o- to overcome. He wants you to be able to be an overcomer with him. Yes. And he's given you the spirit to for be you, able to do that. Walk for the in sake the spirit. Of others, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is, yeah, it, it really is that simple. And for even all of the examples that we talked about of engaging with that, mm-hmm. our response is to speak the truth, to understand that the lie that we believe is not true because Christ has given us his righteousness, that we go after our fellow believers who are believing lies. We give them the peace of Christ, no longer needing to wrestle. Mm. We're wearing the helmet of salvation that protects our minds. Lord Almighty, salvation tells us that every lie that the deceiver tries to give us is not true because Christ has given us the ultimate gift of salvation. Mm. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are reconciled to the Lord. And so, yeah. yeah, it really, I know we've been talking about it now for like an hour, but it's like, it really can be that simple. And we should rejoice in that. We should yes. accept, we should, that we should be worship thankful. the gift yeah. of what we have been given in Christ. To be able to overcome. His armor, to overcome, that it has become that simple. Now, that doesn't mean we don't struggle. Totally. It's not this like, hey, we're wearing this and we're protected and Paul we're Paul says we free. wrestle with flesh and blood. We that word wrestle, wrestle. is hard. That's hard. It's a hard thing. Yes. Yeah. So we can't forget that. It's mm-hmm. not just this magical wand that we're like, all right, we're going to win everything. Yeah. We're fine. We don't have to struggle. It's like, no, it's a war. Yeah. But we are equipped and we will overcome. Yeah, uh, if if I can start to circle us into the landing here. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I think about when I hear all of this is like, so I just came back from a mission trip recently and um, we were walking, me, Tyler, our missions director and Margo, his wife and their son, Silas, we were walking and the call to prayer went off and where we were, there were about five different mosques that we could hear. Mm-hmm. So we heard all these calls to prayer. And if you've ever been in like a particularly Middle Eastern country that is uh, very Islamic in nature, a lot of Muslims, you you, you hear this. It's a common um, thing. And it can feel really creepy for Christians because it's like, oh man, there's all this prayer going on to a false God, mm-hmm. to a God that is not Yahweh. And there's all this prayer, there's all this... And um, literally what I felt was like, like it was empty. Like Hmm. I didn't feel darkness. I've been in mosque before. I've been around different people. Like you talked about where I 
feel the oppression of Satan. I mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. a spiritual darkness. Hearing all of these things, what I felt was emptiness. And Margo said, man, it sounds kind of creepy, but we just kept praying like it was nothing, like it wasn't even impacting us. Hmm. And throughout the trip, multiple people had made that comment that the city where we were in, it felt empty. empty. And I had kind of this like thought, almost like a revelation almost of like, oh, Satan's not omnipresent. Hmm. And I think that sometimes we Hmm. think that he is. That's so good. God's omnipresent. Right. His spirit is. Christ is because he is God. But the devil is one being Mm -hmm. that can only be in one place at one time. He's not omniscient, does not know all things. He's been around for a long time. So his tricks are more tricky than your wisdom because you've only been around for 35 years. Yes. But like, like, like he's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He's not all powerful. Right. And so I'm like, I wonder if in that city, because it had already been succumbed to the realm of darkness, Mm -hmm. people were not worshiping Christ. There were no known believers or very few known believers in that 100,000 person city. If there was no spiritual forces that were Mm. oppressing in that area, like if it was literally just Empty. empty, there was no light, there was no darkness. It was just nothing. Hmm. And every person we talked to, there were no barriers. Hmm. I've been on some trips where you feel darkness. And like you said with the person you mentioned it earlier, every time you mention truth, it's like, boom, it almost feels like, no, the enemy is right there speaking. Yeah, I would mention truth and they'd be like, can you please tell me more? Like, I want to mm. hear more. There was like a curiosity, a like hunger of like, wait a minute, there's something more. There's, And it didn't feel like I was against anything evil. And I'm like, I wonder if, I wonder if, if we can put this in human terms, they had captured that city long ago. That city was now in ritualistic tradition, worshiping the false God. And these demonic forces were in other places now where it was more threatening to them. And they, because they're not omniscient, omnipresent, don't even know that we're there doing that work, beginning to push back darkness. And Mm. so it was just a really interesting thought theory. I know it's Mm. kind of weird because I'm combining spiritual and physical here. Yeah, But it's like, no, I'm not sure if there was a whole lot of darkness there. And I think that that can happen as well. Mm. And so it's like, just to get really practical in that, it's like, hey, our prayers probably had some impact there. Our words probably had some impact. We probably weren't wrestling as hard as we have been in other places Mm -hmm. against the spiritual realm of darkness. Like, And I think that that could be true in our lives as well, which I want to then give an encouragement to our listeners, to our people. When you feel darkness oppressing you, pushing against you, fighting what you're doing, maybe that means you're doing something because Satan's not omnipresent. Mm. He can't be in all places at once. So if there's energy being focused on you or on your ministry, maybe it's because you're actually doing something that is creating an awareness on the enemy's radar of attention needs to be placed here to try to stop the work that you're doing. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I think that's so interesting too, is like if we think about our worldview, like there is a place for emptiness. Like mm. I think about like sitting at, we often ministry, you sit at coffee shops, you have meeting. If we were to stop and to look around where we are and think about that, this idea that like we are to be filled with something. We're going to become what we worship. We do all of those things. And there are literally people in the coffee shop next to us Mm. who are either empty Mm. and feeling a void. So there's an opportunity to fill them with the Fill them with the light of Christ. The light and the love Mm. of Christ. How dare we keep that from them? Mm. Or they are oppressed. Mm. They are being controlled. They are being overthrown. With nothing to protect them or to guard them mm. without the spirit. What if we looked around our world like that? Yeah. And I think it's super interesting. We also think of these like really practical ways, like we just talked about of fighting back darkness. But I want to read this quote um, again from the unseen realm that I just think is so impactful and so encouraging for us of like the daily rhythms that we participate in as Christians is pushing back darkness at well. It says, the kingdom spreads slowly but relentlessly one new believer at a time. 
Every church is a new pocket of resistance. Every baptism, another pledge of allegiance to the Most High. Mm. Every celebration of the Lord's Supper, there's a coin, there's a reason why we do it every week. Mm. A denial of fellowship with lesser masters and a proclamation of the success of Yahweh's mysterious plan. Gosh, I love that. That's such a, that's so good. Mm. Because we're not neutral, like you said before. Yeah. There's while there could be emptiness, there is not neutrality. I think Correct. that's a good distinction yes. there of like yes. no, like either we're succumbing to the darkness of the world or the light of the world. And yeah. Um can, can I kind of close us with this uh passage? Yes. I think is a really good okay, so now what? Let's do it. There's a lot of practical in this. Okay, so I hope that y'all picked up all the practical of the armor of God, the all that stuff. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen. Paul says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Mm. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. So Paul's like, hey, I used to just think in a physical realm. Mm. That's what he's saying, flesh. Yeah. I, I used to just think like, oh, Christ was this man mm-hmm. that was proclaiming this thing. He's not true. So I'm going to persecute the church because I don't believe in this. Mm. But I no longer think like that. Like I now see he wasn't just this man. I don't just think of him according to the flesh, mm-hmm. nor do I think of anyone else according to the mm-hmm. flesh. C.S. Lewis has that great kind of famous quote where he says that uh, every single person, th- there are no mere mortals, yes. he says. Yes. Every person that you look at is either filled with such glory that if you saw them for who they truly were, you mm. would be tempted to bow down and worship them mm. or filled with such horror so as to ruin your dreams for the rest of your life, if you saw the truly, tr- truly who they were, there are no mere mortals. Yes. And I think to your point, if we could begin to see that, mm. like, hey, in our own lives, in our marriages, like when I go home today and don't really feel like being loving to my child, like, could it be flesh? Yep. Could it be the world systems? Yep. Could it be spiritual? Yes, yes, it could be spiritual. And if we're more tuned to that, yes. I can overcome the work of darkness and push it back Little by little, every church started, every Christian converted, every single time that we choose to believe truth over darkness, we are doing an assault against the kingdom of Satan. We are fighting and we can win, yo. I'm I'm almost about to get too rowdy and I know we got to close, so I'm not going to go there. But I'm like, we can win this joint. We are going to. Thank you. We are going to. We We will win. We have already won. We have. And we are now moving towards what is already true and pushing it back until it finalizes. We are cleaning up the I like that. We're cleaning it up. That's because, almost cultivating the earth again. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. That is some truth yeah. from the spirit itself. Man. Okay. <sighs> that was well said, yo. Yeah. We need to end there. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, as a reminder, I know that there's still, I'm sure, a lot of questions and a lot of things that have come up. And so if you have, as you were listening, more questions, please submit them for our episode nine Q&A. Yes. Well said, friend. Well said. I like doing this podcast with you. Hey, me too. Yeah. yeah right. I love it. Thanks, y'all. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at www.thewellaustin.com slash podcast.